0: Come, Holy Spirit, please, fill us all up. Just Use these brief moments um, to your glory. Open our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, open our ears, the ears of our hearts, to hear, to see, to know Jesus as he is, to know you as the loving Father. Come, Holy Spirit, please, take this time, transfigure it in Jesus' name, amen. I probably need a few more, moments. you may be seated, please. I need a few more moments of silence probably to get my heart right, but we'll, we'll see where this goes. Lane, I think you were behind, y'all are behind me in traffic. We're on Fraser Street, and I swear we hit every red light two times. And I let in one Pine Holland truck and then another SUV, and I'm just, oof, I hate being rushed. <sighs> Yesterday morning at Tuesday Men's Bible Study, Gary um, asked me you know, what my week looked like, what I was doing in preparation for ordination and I just happened to mention along the way that one of the things I was doing was in a couple hours, I'll be leaving from Biscuit and Polly's where I'm gonna go have lunch with a clergy friend um, to go to Darlington, St. Matthew's Church to have Rags Cox hear my confession. And he, Gary jumped on that Tuesday morning. Well, why, why are you gonna do that? And my first response was, well, Mike Lumpkin told me to. So, <laughs> why confession? That's um, what I'm gonna get to eventually. Why this practice of confessing our sins in front of somebody else out in the open? But it strikes me that as, as soon as we, uh, Gary and I talked about moving the feast of the confession of the Apostle Peter to today, and he jumped on the word confession, that we have two different definitions of the word. The word is used in two different ways in church lingo. If you look it up just online, the Oxford English Dictionary gives these first two. First, confession is a formal statement admitting that one is guilty of a crime. So he signed a confession to the murders. The second is this, a statement setting out essential religious doctrine, a Protestant confession of faith, like the 39 articles or the Westminster Confession. They really just mean acknowledge. That's what the word means. If you trace it back to its Latin, it simply means to acknowledge and acknowledge with with force, with conviction. And that's, I think, what ties the two ideas and understandings of confession together, the the confession of Peter, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and this acknowledgement that we make, that I will make in the practice of confession, that I'm a sinner in need of grace and reconciliation and healing. So Peter confesses, he acknowledges who Jesus is. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. In our prayer book language, we say the same thing. Let us confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We do that every Sunday. And then there is the practice of confession, which is what Gary asked me to reflect on today. The practice of confession is the same thing. It's acknowledging a truth. Confession of Peter is acknowledging the truth of Jesus' reality, who he is, what he has done, his identity as Savior and Lord. But confession in the other sense, the, the practical sense, is a confession acknowledgment that I am one of those in need of saving. Jesus is the Lord and Savior, and I'm one of those who need him. That's what confession fundamentally is, merely an acknowledgment of the reality that I am broken, human, sinful in Adam and in need of Christ. The practice of confession, at least in the Anglican Church, has been a bit controversial. It's been dropped sometimes. It's been reappropriated other times. And that's understandable considering what confession came to be in the Western Church, in Roman Catholicism, right before the Reformation. Confession was a fundamental piece in what I call the sacramental treadmill, That in the Roman Catholic system of salvation, it's still that to this day. You receive the grace of God in baptism and you're saved. And then if you sin in a uh, mortal way, mortal sin, you, you lose that grace. And you have to regain it. You have to... Go back and take these steps. And the fundamental step is going to a priest and confessing the sin, the mortal sin that you did, and having him give you absolution and penance, which is your duties, what you have to do to make up for that sin that lost you the grace. And then you kind of get back on the treadmill and you're going along and you sin again. You have venial sin or mortal sin and you're back to it. You go back to confession. You give the priest your confession. He gives you the penance and the absolution and on and on and on it goes. And in Roman Catholic theology to this day, at least in some more conservative circles, if you die in a state of mortal sin, you can be kept out of heaven. This is what confession had come to be in the Roman Catholic Church in the high medieval times. And when the reformers were latching on to the gospel, the biblical gospel, that we find in Paul of justification by faith alone in Christ alone, this idea that once we confess, once we make the confession with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we are saved, Romans ten nine. that once that happens, we make the confession as St. Peter did. Who are you? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Once that happens, the moment of faith in the believer's heart, it secures eternal salvation, period. There's no sacramental treadmill to get on. There's no more going back and forth and so uh, caught up in if if I've done well enough, if I've confessed well enough, if I've done enough penance. The gospel is glorious because it's so beautifully simple that once we believe in Jesus, we're heaven-bound justified perfectly, eternally, not for our own righteousness, but for the righteousness of somebody else, Jesus Christ. So why do we retain this practice? Why why am I going to do it? If I believed in Jesus and I have his righteousness and my security of heaven is guaranteed, and it is, why do this? Well, I love the way our prayer book puts it, where it places it is essential. The practice of the reconciliation of penitence in our prayer book is under what is called the rites of healing. So, justification is a moment. It happens, it's done. You never lose it, at least in my understanding of scriptural theology when it comes to the gospel. But what we don't get immediately all at once is the healing that we all need. I still need healing. I'm going to need healing till the day I die, not just. Emotional and physical, but spiritual healing. And that's what the practice of confession offers. The prayer book in the introduction to the rites of healing says this. Healing was central to the ministry of Jesus, our incarnate Lord. Healing is central to the ministry of the church, the body of Christ. Spoken prayer, anointing with oil, the laying on of hands are the principal outward means employed by the church for its ministry to those whose health is in any way impaired. The rite of reconciliation, the reception of Holy Communion are also gifts through which healing takes place. We see this in scripture itself, Psalm 32. When I refuse to confess, the psalmist says, your hand was heavy upon me. There's a a weight that sin brings to our lives, to our souls, our minds. And that weight will bear on us and it will press us down and it will sift out things that we don't like unless we unburden ourselves. The psalmist goes on, then I confessed my sin unto you and I acknowledged my guilt before you and you forgave me. The practice of confession to a a priest or to a bishop, is is this moment where God himself enters into a conversation between two sinners and assures both parties that in Christ truly all sins are forgiven. Not that our justification has changed in any way, but the, the soul's acknowledgement and reception of God's renewed forgiveness, God's renewed assurance, God's renewed love is there in that moment when the reconciliation happens. And it heals the soul. The burden is lifted. The cares, and in the language of Peter, right? Cast all your cares, your anxieties on him because he cares for you. James says the same thing. When he says, Confess your sins to one another, he follows it up with, So that you may be healed. Not that you may be justified or that you may be saved or that you gain your place in heaven again once you lost it. No. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Our confession leads to our confession. That is, an acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord and Savior, seeing him and believing in him for who he is, changes our attitude towards sin. We're no longer scared of angry God up in the sky ready to zap us. We know that he loves us, wants to forgive us, and will if we merely turn to him and ask him for it. Our acknowledgement of the truth of who Jesus is changes our attitude towards sin, and therefore it changes our attitude toward the practice of confession. Again, not for gaining salvation, but for receiving, little by little, day by day, more and more, the healing that God grants us in Jesus. I am a sinner. I was, I was looking at the rites of healing uh, about a half hour, hour ago or so, when Gary was about to walk off and do some work. And I said, I'm looking for inspiration for my reflection. He said, I'll give you inspiration. You're a sinner. You're dirty, you're rotten, you're broken. That's exactly right. And that's why in a couple hours, I'm going to go to a priest. I'm going to, as best I can, acknowledge my sins and hear that Jesus still loves me, that God is still pleased with me, because my salvation is not in or on my own righteousness. It's on the righteousness given to me by faith in Jesus. And the healing that that will bring and will bring you too, if you so choose, is a blessing that we all need. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for a lot of things, for the salvation that you give us in Jesus, secure, sure, unwavering, because it's built on your commitment to us and not our commitment to you. Thank you also for the healing that you offer us, that you don't want to just forgive our sins, you want to restore us to complete and utter wholeness, and that's a process that you begin, that you sustain, and that you will complete. In Jesus' name, amen.